you know, so you just had to take care of your dog. This is fine. We can, start the show, we can start the show this way. I, mm. this morning, I heard that, um, that uh, characteristic sound of a dog is about to vomit. You know, that, that sound, I heard it in Nothing the other room. Nothing gets you moving faster. <laughs> I heard it in the other room. You know, I'm three weeks out from the hip replacement, so I'm like, ooh, we got to go. We got to test mm -hmm. the speed right now. And I just made it in time to get the dog off the couch so the dog puked on the floor instead of the couch. So I consider that a big win. That's, I was going to say, that is a huge victory. <laughs> the, uh, the soft fabric cleanup during a situation like that is, that'll ruin your morning. No question. And allow me to all the viewers, be it, viewers or audio listeners i'm sick uh, i'm on the tail mm. end of it my, my family's been having some sort of death hack for like two weeks now i've had it for like 10 days i'm on the tail end of it but it's still there so i'm gonna sadly cough every now and then and how you can tell somebody's actually sick which they have the old fisherman's friend uh oh, cough drops you are talking my talk i love a fisherman's friend <laughs> of course you do i was gonna say they taste terrible no but... disagree it's the best I was gonna part. Say, if somebody is faking, they just like, you know, they're like a kid that wants to stay home in school. Then you get like a pack of like Loon's Wild Cherry. They're basically those are like Jolly Ranchers. If somebody's walking around with these, they actually want some relief. Man, shout out Fisherman's Friend. That is, I love it. I, oh, <laughs> I knew you would. The best. <laughs> Maybe we get them to sponsor the show. There's an odd, there's an, an, an odd, an odd uh, uh, sponsor. But... Oh, I would love that. If anybody's got ins with Fisherman Friend, hit us up. I would uh, endorse. And, and there's no it. conflict of interest with fitness, right? So That's right. Yeah. Um, so I'm already coughing, so sorry about that, everybody. So we have a great question that was submitted a little while ago, I think via social media. I think somebody sent this in as like a direct message on the very not random Instagram. Uh, handle so it says guys love the show can't tell you how many tips and light bulb moments i've had listening maybe you've covered this and i missed it question is what's the best way to get buy-in or understanding of a heavy day we recently did five sets of three for split jerks with three minutes rest between each i explained so this is the coach writing in i explained that it should be uh you know so heavy obviously safe, but so heavy that you'll want the three minutes to recover. I had a few clients that three minutes was far too long for them to wait, so they went ahead and knocked out some 200-meter runs. These same few also felt that they didn't get a good workout after the last heavy day went by, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I told them every day doesn't have to be a laying on the floor, gasping for air in a pool of sweat sort of day. Any words of wisdom would be appreciated. Signed, frustrated coach. I love it. And this is uh, one of those conversations that I feel we've had a few times as far as, you know, I how to approach I, a heavy I bet day. we'll have it again. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, one of those things that as a coach, as an affiliate owner, you're going to be faced with this problem. So it's good to have a, a revisit of it as a concept. Um, and so I'll start with kind of the nuts and bolts approach which is, hey, set up, in the, set up the class in a way that kind of dictates the rest for them. So for example, three people sharing a rack and a set rotation, and everybody's lifting at the top of the minute, makes a three-minute rest or a close to three-minute rest feel a lot different than just one person at the rack staring down the clock, mm. asking themselves, can I lift again? So you can kind of sneak that in there if you're clever with the way you craft your session. And that's one way that you can start to build that. So, so be creative with the setup and how you dictate the space. I like that. That's, 
that's one kind of very pragmatic approach and it requires no buy-in philosophically from the people you're working with. So I'll start there with like, hey, just get creative with how you layer it in. That's, that's one. And I would say, well, I like that. It would make the class more fun. But you could also have uh, Johnny take off on a 200 meter run. And say, I'll be right. I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> you know what? What I would maybe this isn't exactly an apples to apples comparison, but I would tell people like, you know, I like to know why we're doing stuff. Okay, so we're lifting heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we doing that? Like, what what's the point? And very simply, it's, you know, the points to get stronger in these heavy days. Top end strength, increase your contractile potential, increase your power. You know, uh, a basket of wonderful things of which you have a whole bunch of options as to how to accomplish that goal of getting stronger. And one would be a classic heavy day, which it seems like this coach is talking about. Mm-hmm. Seven by one, five by three, five by five. You've got your work, your working sets. And generally speaking, you have rest periods between those working sets so that you can really make those working sets meaningful. And that's your classic heavy day. Uh, another way, which I think works really well to get people strong too, is what I call anyway, like a heavy day to high heart rate, where it's mm-hmm. going to be a mixed modality deal. Uh, but the weightlifting element has a significantly and intentionally heavier bias than you traditionally would on a regular workout day. And so you're going to be lifting this load under duress, under fatigue or whatnot. And because of that, it's not going to be anywhere near as heavy as you would lift on a classic heavy day. Well, those are two different things and both have value. But if you're inadvertently by doing 200 meter runs or whatever it is during the rest periods on a classic heavy day you're kind of turning that into the other and so now you don't have these two distinct options you've blended them into one and i think you're leaving a lot of money on the table you know i would think you know in an ideal world you would have both you'd understand both you would respect both and then you would reap the benefits from both Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the difficult element of that is getting somebody to truly understand that on a level that they're willing to act on it. That's the hard part. And that takes time. Yeah, exactly. That takes time. That takes maturity from both the coach to keep kind of hammering that message and from the athlete to be around long enough that they're like, okay, I can see the utility. I've built up enough experience that this matters to me now. So again, I think what's really useful for a coach in that position is to start thinking about how can I broaden my perspective on this and make this apply in more places. And so I've actually recently been thinking about this a lot, um, where the concept is not heavy day specific. It's not like, okay, how do I get somebody to buy into more rest during a heavy day? The broader concept is how do I instill value in full rest between efforts? And that can take many, many different forms. That's a valuable thing to get comfortable with, not just with heavy lifting, but with high-end sprint or you know aggressive kind of mm-hmm. aerobic intervals. That's a really good thing to get into when you're talking about developing skills that require a little bit more uh, time and attention. You know, so there's there's other avenues where this concept really makes a lot of sense and really helps to accelerate progress when you're looking at some of these things. So to me, it's like, okay, let's start playing around with the broader program and thinking about where else am I seeing full rest, which facilitates full effort. Mm -hmm. And every time that comes up, that's the talking point. Hey, 
check it out. This is intentional. You're going to get lots of rest. And the idea is that you can come out so hard and you don't have to think about pacing. You don't have to worry about recovery. That's built in for you. Okay, now we've done that 10 times. The next heavy day comes up. It's like, look, this is the same principle that we've been playing with. It's just applied in a different way. And maybe over time, that's how you start to bridge that gap. You think about the universal concept. Now that there's been enough exposure to that, it makes sense in the context of the heavy day. And maybe this person would, um, the light bulb would go on. If based upon what you're saying, the example is given as an analogy somewhere else, right? I mean, so a six by 400 meter sprint day, right? Yep. Why not just go for a 1.5 mile run? Exactly. Like you're doing the same amount of quote unquote work. You're covering the same amount of distance, but those are two very different stimuluses because of the work to rest ratio is going to allow you to express a whole lot more intensity on, you know, per effort on that six by 400 meter effort than mm-hmm. on your 1.5 mile. And anyone who has done such training knows that if you want to get that 1.5 mile increased, a six by 400 meter repeat day is going to be a really beneficial day to do that. And it's the same deal with lifting heavy. For example, you want to Mm -hmm. lift faster and heavier and be stronger in your regular workouts, your mixed modality, Metcons, all that kind of stuff. Well, you're going to do plenty of those. So you also want to make sure you're doing the other side, which is that, you know, that six by 400 meter repeat, but just with a barbell, which happens to be your five by five or whatever. And maybe if somebody understands that right away with the the six by 400 meter repeats is that those are going to be far more intense and powerful. It's just the same deal with the lifting days as well. Intensity or power under the barbell is going to be expressed by your ability to lift a larger load. And if you fatigue yourself to some point that you now have to decrease the loading on the barbell, you're moving in the polar opposite direction that you would want. And that's not to say that during that three minutes rest, it, it might not be most advantageous for you to just sit on your butt, scroll on your phone and do nothing. A little bit of movement, a couple air squats, whatever it happens to be, might actually be really beneficial and aid you in that next set in optimizing that performance. And you should experiment with that. But doing something in between to a degree that fatigues you to that now the barbell suffers then I think you are detracting from the stimulus of the workout. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so I do. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more it's about exposure. And, and exactly like you said, you know, trying to bridge those connections between, look, it doesn't make sense with these other outlets, <clears throat> you know, training that 1.5 mile, like you said, that's a completely different physiological adaptation than 400 meter sprints. Both are great and you want the development from both, but they both have to be approached in a slightly different way. Otherwise, you're not really going to get that benefit. And it's no different when we're talking about strength training. Um, So to kind of swing back towards the pragmatic, there's another really fun pragmatic way that I like to approach like a strength session. And that's with something like a sled where Mm. you can load that puppy up really heavy there's little risk to the athlete because the load isn't actually on them. Mm-hmm. And you can find that sweet spot distance with a significant load and a pretty short distance where it's right at that point where any further and they're going to have to take a break. You just hit that and then stop and say, okay, 30 seconds, you're up again. Mm-hmm. And see what the athlete does and make that caveat like, hey, it's got to be over the line. You cannot break in the middle of this distance. That's the caveat. 
and play it the other way. It's like, all right, Playa, you want to have these limited rests? Let's break that system, you know, with a little bit of intent, uh, in, you know, not maliciously, not, not trying right. to, uh, to, to send too much of a message, but just to prove the point that like, hey, sometimes the better output is going to happen when you facilitate more rest. This is a great example. Now, check it out. That heavy-duty sled push, that's no different than your set of five on the deadlift. That's the kind of output that we're looking for within that set of five. And we're trying to, you know, get pretty close. Obviously, they're different movements. Obviously, they have slightly different effect on the body. That's not negotiable. But that kind of gets you a little bit closer to this picture of what that heavy day should look like. Um, and, and again, it's like, it's intuitive in that, in that realm. If you do it correctly and you give somebody that dose in that way with something strength adjacent, Mm-hmm. They're not going to want to get back to that second round until they've had more rest. They're going to be requesting more from you. And right. that's when you're like, boom, there it is. We got gotcha. you. Yep, 100%. And again, depending upon what your community responds to, you know, and those are wonderful, actionable things that people can actually do. It's the whole, you know, understanding the why of what we're doing, right? I mean, if you walked into a CrossFit gym, Hopefully it's because you think CrossFit works or else you would have walked into somewhere else. You know, I don't think that's a bold leap for me to take. Mm. And if that's the case, one of the key tenets of the entire methodology is that intensity piece. And, you know, if you're doing something which is degradating that intensity, now it's not as simple as intensity leads to results, but it is almost that simple. You know, it's, it's mission critical to you getting results. And if you're doing something which derails that, then you're going to fall short of exactly why you walked into this facility in the first place and exactly one of the tenets that makes the methodology actually work so darn well. And so helping people understand why intensity is important and then why, you know, there's a reason that you can't keep your 100 meter dash pace for a 5k because it's Mm -hmm. not sustainable. And so if we want to really hold our hand close to that candle flame every now and then, in a manner that's unsustainable for long duration or a large number of reps, the only way that we can do that is by taking your foot off the gas for a bit, recovering, and then you can press the gas again, recover. And you can have all those different days, right? Like, so if you're in a gym that's doing, <clears throat> pardon me, sick, you know, well thought out intentional programming, you can have everything from single modalities, couplets, triplets, mixed modality, light days, mixed modality, moderate, heavy days at a higher heart rate, classic heavy days. And if you made all these things, you listed them all out on a board, and on top of intensity being such an amazing driver of results, you understood the power of intentionally designed variants, right, to have to help a GPP program. And you listed all those different things that I just said on the board. And if one of them was classic heavy days, and then you took a marker and you just lined that out, because mm-hmm. now you've turned them into something else, why, you know, why would you take one of those wonderful pieces of variance off the table? All, all those tools help you get to the finish line more effectively. And, the, and each one of those should be given the respect that they deserve, you know, in, in full understanding and all that. And so, again, buy-in comes in, in many different ways. But, you know, this frustrated coach that wrote in, I think one of the last couple of sentences that they said there is so telling because I know I was there in my earlier CrossFit days, which is I felt like every day had to be the gasping for air, laying in a pool of sweat. And it was really hard to get myself and my knucklehead friends to understand that on these days, 
we very deliberately and intentionally need to slow down. And that's actually what's going to drive the needle forward. It was a mindset shift for me that it took a while to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another kind of broader perspective on that is you need to foster the trust with all of your athletes so that it's just kind of implied. You don't even have to articulate it and they don't either that you have their best interest in mind and that they expect that any action you're going to take is reflective of that. Um, and that happens over time. You know, obviously you have to build that up and, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of ways that you can express that in the gym. I mean, part of it is, you know, you gotta be an attentive coach, the way that you approach scaling, the way that you, um, you know, make sure that you have a pulse on what's happening with each people, each one of these people in their, their life and what might be affecting their training that day. You know, these are all little things that culminate into a broader uh, bond that allows you to make a suggestion that they might have a knee-jerk response to, which is, I don't think that's the right idea, but it's overcome by this trust that they have in, in the system to that point. So I think that's really critical at the heart of it. And and I'll give you one more, one more yeah, th- like it, little it'd be thing. A great, it'd be a great, uh, some affiliate if they're the shirts that their coaches wore. All they said in the front was, trust me. I mean, trust because me, bro. you got to trust <laughs> yeah, your coach. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll tell you one more powerful thing. This is, you know, again, related to um, kind of other questions that we get around doing your own programming and stuff like that. One more reason that I think it is absolutely important for coaches and owners of the affiliate to do the training in the way that they are prescribing it to their members, because if they see that, they're like, okay, if it's good enough for this person who I like it or not, mm, I'm going to hold mm-hmm. in high regard, yep. then maybe I should be okay following along also. That's a great, great point. So that's, that's a big one. And even more powerful if you can get into the class and be the example. So you go to the class, you do the lifting, you take the rest period, you show that that is what you're doing to improve your fitness. And it kind of takes away this intellectualism around like let me tell you why this is important i mean i get it that's cool We're all too. In this together yes but it's often more powerful to just model the behavior that you expect out of the rest of the group allow me to go ahead and draw a line in the sand you know which is always <laughs> perfect which is always love fun and, and polarizing uh, in today's yes. day and age Based upon this question, there's obviously a lot that if I had this frustrated coach in front of me, we could have a more nuanced discussion. So I have to make some leaps here with what I'm about to say. But my leap is that on classic heavy days, clients aren't taking the rest they should, and therefore they can't lift the loads under the barbell that they should. That's my general takeaway from here. Seems fair. This is why you are not getting strong, or this Mm. is why you are not happy with the progress of your strength development. Um. This is screwing up a heavy day, you know, to speak in, in, mm-hmm. in, in plain English. If you want to get really strong, there's a bunch of stuff that you have to do. Like I said, variance is your friend. But one of those things is a classic heavy day pattern. And if you're removing that from your arsenal, you are removing an absolute cornerstone of strength and conditioning. And it yep. won't be shocking to me that you're unhappy and not quite at getting to the finish line. So respect the heavy days. Allow yourself to actually really lift heavy, to truly express power and intensity, to get strong. And to do that means you're working at something which is not sustainable and requires rest periods. And so that's that's my line in the sand there. That's why it ain't working for you. 
I think I uh, stand on on the side of your line. I <laughs> wow, agree. Okay, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this yeah, message brought to you by Fisherman's Friend. Fish- <laughs> <laughs> Strongest oh, man. pop drops in the business. <laughs> I love it. Do you need a little licorice in your no, lozenge? But, but we know that's what Fisherman's it is, Friend is. Um, and I haven't had that crazy licorice that you like. Is this in any way, shape, or form taste similar or not even close? Yeah, you, you're getting no, you're getting there. You're in the you're in the ballpark. This is for like sure. but kitty yeah. entry level. No, no, I mean fisherman's friend can be, you know, can be real. Yeah, because usually oh, yeah. these are the ones where somebody goes, Hey, do you got a cough drop? You I get these and they go, nah, I'm good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Eh, second thought. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think I think that's all I've got on this. Yeah, me too. Topic. Me too. I mean, notes and, here uh, in front of me. Yeah, I'll I'll kind of summarize my thoughts on this. Um you know, if we if we're talking from the pragmatic sense, you need to come up with a few solutions that shoehorn people into the behavior that you want. If we're talking big picture philosophy, that sort of thing, it's going to take time to get people in the headspace to accept this kind of messaging. And so, the way you're going to get there is by making it a broad concept. It applies not just to strength training, but all these other things that we do too. And the concept is full rest for full effort. That's important mm. sometimes. Uh, and then model that behavior in your own training so that they can see that you reap the benefit of this. And it is important enough that you do it so that that hopefully they will get that message and do it too. Rest periods, man. And it's one of those deals where if you've been around, you know, like if you've been around uh, for a while, there are things that you immediately see that the trap is set, right? Like if somebody's yep. like, ah, we're going to do a workout. You're like, oh, super. Sounds good. You're like, what's the loading? They're like 115. You're like, Oh, come on, man. What are you doing? This is not going to be good because you know, and it's the same deal that if you're doing a workout, somebody goes, Hey, we got some built in rest periods. You're like, Oh, this is going to be bad. It's going to hurt because yep. it's going to allow you to go there. You know, I just um, got to bring it. I was, uh, you know, it's funny. I just had this uh, actually, man, Perfect. 30 minutes ago. I, uh, I just did my normal uh, lunchtime jujitsu class and uh, we did, we're doing some open sparring rounds at the end. And, you know, normal sparring round can be anywhere between five to seven minutes, depending on who's training for what and who's at the timer, right? So we're in the middle of the first round and you got that kind of five minute pace in your head. And our coach yelled out, he's like, we're doing two minute rounds today, two minutes up and then switch partners. And I was like, oh, that is not at all what I wanted to hear. This is a way worse we're gonna bring effort it. because, yep, now you got two minutes to make something happen. That is a completely different stimulus. And, you know, hey, all right, game on, let's go but completely different than a longer effort where you know you got a little time. You know, there's, um, I was penciling out an upcoming uh, four-week block of training and playing with some things, and there's still kind of a, um, a work in progress at this point in time. But to, to paint the, the picture, which we've done a couple times in here, so this workout that I've got rolling around is um, 10 ring muscle-ups. I like it so far. Let's stop right there. Yeah, right? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> 15 thrusters at 115. I like it less. Okay, keep going. <laughs> 20 cows in the air bike. Ugh, so brutal. 10 ring muscle-ups, 15 thrusters at 115, just a little bit of spice there. And that's yep. a terrible set of 15. And then 20 calories in the air bike. And it went from three rounds for time to one round, rest three minutes, second interval, rest three. So it's going to be spaced out with three minutes rest so that when you hop on the bike, you're not, you know, if it's three rounds for time, you hop on the bike and you pedal casually knowing you've got two things left when it's, you know, that you've got three minutes rest. And this is how I would describe it too. The goal is, 
you know, hey, if you got to break up the ring muscle ups, you get whatever you need to do. You try to punch through that set of 15 thrusters. And then when you hop on the bike, you pedal as if the devil is chasing you because you know you got three <laughs> minutes left. And because yeah. there's built-in rest, that changes the entire dynamic and intensity of that workout compared to just three rounds for time. And it's, yep. that's kind of one of the just the recurring themes that we're chatting about, you know, on this. And neither one's right or wrong. It just depends on what fits on this day based upon where you've been with your training and where you're going because they all have value and you mm -hmm. just got to make those um, puzzle pieces fit appropriately. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And that workout sounds terrible. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, <laughs> and anything, which one, though, ends, I like it. anything which ends with a monostructural component, yeah, right? No, thank you're like, you. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> all right, Especially well, before... if you're doing it with other people. That's, uh, yes. I mean, solo, all right, fine. You know, behind closed doors, you can get away with a little bit, but you have somebody else in the room with you and they're looking over at your monitor and you're looking at theirs. I mean, that's just, that's a, that's a good one. Well, before I get into another coughing, we'll close this thing down. I habitually forget to mention this at the front of the show eventually i will go to verynotrandom.com go ahead check that out help support the show and support the show with actually like really cool meaningful cycles that are well thought out and work i'm gonna get mm -hmm. your first pull up first ring muscle up handstand walks and barbell work there's some great stuff there with 1.5 mile run program and we do officially have all three of the on-ramp programs live we've got a so if you're getting back into fitness want to get somebody get somebody into fitness there's a bodyweight on-ramp course, a dumbbell on-ramp course, and now a barbell on-ramp course. So very cool. Love it. We appreciate all of you, the viewers and the listeners. <clears throat> this podcast would not be what it is without everybody. The year just kind of closed out and all the numbers came in from Spotify. We had crazy growth and viewership. So thanks, everybody. And a lot of this is because you guys and women out there put really cool questions and topics to us. Mm -hmm. So please keep doing that. Find this on the BTWB YouTube channel. Leave your thoughts on today's topic or ideas for a future show or guest, and we pay a lot of attention to those. So for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.